does. Walter makes a run ahead of it. Burkamp suddenly changed pace through the centre. It's Burkamp! That's magnificent! The move, and then this, which left Dabby's ass totally stranded. Hello, and welcome to a Burk Up Wonderland. Not a, but the Arsenal podcast. Um, everybody in ABW has been fired because at the start of the season, you'll remember that... There was a certain pirate, I'm not going to say his name because for legal reasons, uh, a certain pirate said that he will commit to one show a week. Danny has informed me that lasted maybe eight shows. So <laughs> what me and Danny have decided to do is to me to drive up to Danny, to load up Danny in his van, drive down to Plymouth and break Chris's legs just so that he hasn't got an excuse now to run around Plymouth and vlog his running. So all he can do for the whole summer is talk about Arsenal. Because that's what we want to do, right? Right, Danny? I think we should just do a top right-hand corner. You can see these scumbags, what they're up to. Uh, well, John's got a legitimate excuse. John's allowed time off. Josh said, what time? We said 7.30. He went, no. Didn't get back and say, top right-hand corner. Look at him looking guilty. Um, Ellis, now Ellis did say, I can possibly make it. But it means I'll have to ignore his his misses. I said, "Well, you've done two or three shows lately. Don't do that." Uh, Femi's is Femi at a show or something? Did he I say? I believe it's his daughter's birthday or it's his concert. I can't remember what he said. Either way, he's not here. He's not here. And then next one, Nick. Nick didn't reply. Richard, he didn't reply. James and Jock didn't reply. Um, I don't know who this deviant is, but he he ran away. OG, well, he's just too nice. And then you've got uh, the Giroud Lama. Uh, he said he'll come back for a show. And who's this the other one? Here he is, Jeff Arsenal. Hasn't replied to a WhatsApp message in our group since October. If anybody sees Jeff Arsenal, tell him we we're asking how he was. It's you and me then, Cal. <laughs> Again. It is indeed, Danny. It is indeed. But to be honest, that's all we really need. He was, you know, the two most handsome men um, in ABW and got the best beards as well, to be honest. So definitely it. How you been? I've been okay. I'm currently on jury service. Um, obviously for legal reasons, I can't talk about the case, but <sighs> jury service is a very tedious and arduous task. You know, it's a civic duty that you have to do. And I get it. Like it's very hard to try and get out of, but seriously, it is, yeah, something different. But I am on a case now, and it's a very juicy case, and obviously I can't talk about it. But, yes, um, I am currently away from work and on jury service. How is Daniel? I am good. I got up late. Nashla got up early. Thank you very much, Sky, because my mobile phone hasn't worked for two bloody days. Uh, went to arrange Sean's new car, and we arranged this two months ago, picked the colour, uh, from Audi, it's an Audi A1 and then I rang the woman today just to check everything's okay she went oh no, no we can't get that colour anymore, it's a three month wait, we're going to have to have it specially built but we can get you a black one, Sean's last two cars are black, so Sean says yeah that'll do and then so did that 
that's once the phone was working and then i got a uh, five pink lady apples and threw them out in the garden and an entire punnet of red grapes because they'd gone minky minky see that's it people that's like you are weird who eat red grapes green grapes i can't eat red grapes genuinely i can't eat green right. stuff what do you mean you can't eat green i don't stuff? eat anything green i don't like green bananas i don't like green apples i don't like green grapes i don't like any of it in the bin with a lot of it. You know everything fine. green is healthy, right? Well, majority no. things are. Bogies yes, aren't good for you. They're not. On that note, um, <laughs> so Arsenal, Danny, lost their last <sighs> match versus Brighton. Now, we are going to talk about the Brighton game because I feel we need to, but um, maybe this was a little bit of a Maybe a humbling for Arsenal, Danny. Um, I mean, anyone who thought that there was gonna there's a smidgen of us winning the title, obviously now knows that we have no chance at all. So, you know, I guess we're going to dissect the game, Danny. Did you watch the game? Um, yes, on, I've watched Sunday? every single game this season, apart from the the first leg of the Europa League last Europa League game. I missed Ooh. that. Um, so I guess we'll talk about the, the team. So we knew that Zinchenko was not going to play because he was injured uh, against Newcastle. So the obvious choice was Kieran Tierney coming in for him. Um, Kivio obviously played in chance of um, Holding, who was obviously playing for Saliba. So pretty much it was the first team apart. And obviously Georgino kept his place, um, keeping Thomas part on the bench. Um Considering how good we played against Newcastle, was you happy with that team? Because for me, that was the team to play. So I've got no really no qualms with the starting lineup. What about you, Danny? For me, the only thing I was concerned about was the fact if is Kieran Tierney going to play the Kieran Tierney role, or is Kieran Tierney at left back going to play the Zinchenko role? Because you know, if he played left back, he'd be fine. If he plays inverted left back, there's going to be problems. And he played the most of it. He played the inverted left back. The the entire team. The thing that ruined us that day, Carl, was the fact that it's it's a little bit like it's a great analogy for you. It's your it's your daughter's sixth birthday, and next door is their child's sixth birthday, and they have their birthday party first. And they've got they got a magician, they've got a wizard, they've got a bouncy castle, a swimming pool, a candy floss machine, a, a chocolate fountain which is your nickname at school. And then they have that party at midday. And then your child has their party at four o'clock. And all you've got is a mangy old clown. Man City stole our thunder, didn't they? Once once Man City won that game and you went, oh, well, that's the season done. And that's the attitude of all the players when they'd gone out there. They looked mentally defeated because we know the title was over. Now, if Everton would have done what they should have done and beaten Man City... The way, I think we'd have seen a completely different game. Do you? Um, mentality is a thing. And I think we, after the game in our group, I think you saw, I think we were talking about it. Um, I wasn't. I turned uh, my WhatsApp back on after the game. There was 130 <laughs> messages. I clicked in, I clicked out, and I moved on with my life. Um, as you know, like our WhatsApp group gets a little heated sometimes. We would have been heated. I think we just, everyone wants the best for Arsenal, but we come from it from a different angle. Um, I felt like we never got going, no matter what. No matter what, in that game, I don't f- can't remember any really clear cut chances. I can't remember Arsenal playing well, having good passages of play because 
even in the first half, Brighton kind of all over us. Now, no one's saying that Brighton only pushovers. And even before, I think they lost, was it 5-1, 5 to yeah. Everton? 4-1? I, I can't remember five, what it was. 5-1. Yeah. So you're thinking, if you get beat, if you can concede five goals to Everton, uh, what can Arsenal do to you? And I, and I, and I think that maybe that might have been in their head to think that it was going to be an easy game. Now, Brighton have taken, I think, more points from us at home than any other team apart from Man City. So it was never going to be really an easy game. And they beat us at home, albeit, you know, from a weekend team this season already in the Carabao Cup. So it was never going to be an easy game. And, you know, the game started voraciously. Like, um, And I think it kind of trips us up. Caicedo playing at right back. Um, he's been playing it all season, like I, I know he has. But I think when you got someone that good playing in the position, you, you kind of think to yourself, you want like Martinelli just to run at him. But you're right what you said about Kieran Tierney. You don't know what kind of role he was playing. Is he gonna? Was he playing the Kieran Tierney role, which is the marauding left back, or was he playing an inverted um, left back and playing in centre midfield? Now. Kieran Tierney can't play that role. He cannot play the Zinchenko role. It's impossible for him. And I've seen a lot of people sort of come for Kieran Tierney um, to say he had a bad game, but that's not his game. His game is staying wide, overlapping, getting the ball into the box. Now, when you ask him to do a role that he's not familiar with, it's hard. It's very hard. So I can understand that. And, you know, the start of the game... Uh, Martellini went off early. Did you see the Martellini challenge on? I can't remember. <laughs> it was Mimota, uh, Mitoma, wasn't it? Mitoma. Like, do you honestly like take off your Arsenal? Take off your Arsenal hat. Do you think that should have been a booking? Yeah, I think it should have been. It was dangerous, but these things have been. Harry Kane has been getting away with it for three seasons. A variation of that, but you could see. Did you think it was a yellow? Yeah, hundred percent. Like yeah. I was. I was extremely shocked um, that he didn't get a yellow card. Like, extremely shocked. And even when he went to VAR, I thought... V- I know VAR have to... They can't tell the referee to give a yellow. They have to... It's either dangerous red or it's mm. nothing. But I, I thought that set the tone for the game. Now, I'm not making excuses, but the referee had a terrible game. Awful, awful game. And I'm sick of having this conversation about referees having bad games. But... You know, I don't think he had a very good game. However, um, then obviously Caicedo took a little bit of revenge on Martinelli's <laughs> ankle, and you know it, these things happen. And even that was not even a yellow card because I think the referee said, "Okay, if I didn't book Martinelli for that challenge on Matoma, then I'm not going to book Caicedo for the challenge on Martinelli." Like, so it was kind of the one-one situation. I. Don't believe in that because if you commit a foul in the first 30 seconds of a game, it's a yellow card and you it's that bad. None of this, oh, it's my first one, it's my second one. And I feel that the referee, had the referee um, had booked Martinelli, that Kaiseido challenge doesn't happen. Mm. doesn't happen at all. He doesn't, you don't, he doesn't try and tackle him like that. He doesn't foul him. He stays on the pitch. Um, so for me, that sets the tone for the game. Now, the game was very stop-start. I just felt like we never, ever got going in that game. Every time we got a little passage of play or Brighton got a little passage of play, there was a foul, there was a free kick. It was it was just... It was a really bitty, bitty game. And it was just... 
yeah, really, really annoying. Um, Trossard came off for Martinelli, and I think that's probably Trossard's worst game in an Arsenal shirt. And I don't know if it's if it was because it was his old club, if he was trying too hard. I don't know, but I don't think he had a very good game. What about yourselves? I don't think any of them had a really good game. Uh, Ramsdale was was. Uh, he has these, I and mean, he's only 24, 25, and he's going to have these. I don't know it was his birthday, wasn't it? He was 25. You're going to have these games like this, and things are going to go back and forth. But you've got to look at Brighton and go, what they are doing there is fantastic. Uh, that was it, um, Levi Cole, Cole Wells, something like that. The, the Brighton centre back had, uh, yeah. it was all over Erdegaard for the entire game. Erdegaard couldn't really do anything. And the, uh, like you were saying with the referee, with, with the bookings, it, when he finally decided to, uh, I think it was Caicedo, but he went up to me, he held up three fingers and said, like, that's your third foul. Well, then th- th- there should be some kind of written down rule. Otherwise, you can, well, if three fouls, fair enough. You can go out there and smash people up as much as you want for the first two fouls because you know you're not you, you know you're going to get away with it. Now, it's just a, depending on how much you do and how bad it is because we saw that Martinelli got away with his one and then Matoma got away with his one. And then Caicedo spent the rest of the game attacking that Martinelli was on the pitch, attacking him. And then he gave a little high five or a low five to Matoma, didn't he? Once once he'd done him in it, he was yeah. like, there you go. I've, I've, I've done him for you. Let's, let's carry on playing. And I think it's just a combination of we've been so let let down with, with the recent run of form. I mean, Chelsea and Newcastle results were brilliant. Any other season, you're going, oh, that's excellent. But then with the Man City winning earlier in the day and then with, with Martinelli getting injured... And then just everything, the old atmosphere, and then even the crowd were quite down at times. Um, I think everyone kind of really knew that once we we dropped, what was it, uh, two, four, six, once we dropped nine points from those four games, everybody should have realistically known that the season was over. Man City were never going to drop five points from the next rest of the season when they haven't done they haven't done anything like that in that short length of time all season. So, but... What would you do now, Carl? We know Martinelli's now out for the rest of the season. Zinchenko's out, Saliba's out, and uh, El, oh, pardon me, El Nenny is out. Would you think there's any point just saying to the rest of those big players, the Saka, um, Ramsdale, Gabriel, Erdegaard, go on, off you go, have a net, go on holiday for an extra two weeks, leave now, and then we'll just play other people in that position because we, we can't finish third and we can't win it, can we? No, I w- I'd like to think that Arteta would do a little bit of rotation. So, I'd like to think that against um, Nottingham Forest, that um, our backup goalkeeper will play. I'd like to think so, um, just to give him some at least Turner. That's his name, isn't it? Like I'd like yeah, to think Turner. that he'd have at least like one Premier League game. No, he's played the Premier League game, hasn't he? Because um, Ramsdale was out for a few games, but you know, I would, I would definitely start Nelson. Um, I would play Trossard in the Odegaard role. I wouldn't change the team too much. However, I would, you know, I wouldn't start Sackard, maybe put Smith Rowe in. Um, I would do a little bit of rotation just to, I think, I I know it sounds silly, but play one game a week. You look at like um, Saka, he has been absolutely knackered for a few weeks now. You look at him and he's just not got the same spark in him. He's just like, he looks tired and still Arteta plays him literally game in, game out for 80 odd minutes. And I don't understand why sometimes we won the game and he's still on the pitch. Like, so, um, but 
I don't know if you remember at the beginning of the season, he was saying that Saka needs to learn how to play like 50, 60 games a season to be a true professional. That's a lie because no, you know, you can give players rest. And I think even people like um, Gabriel, um, our centre-back, needs a little bit of rest. He's played almost every single game um, this season. And I think, you know, but it's a case of who comes in, you know, would you trust playing Kivior and... Rob Holding centre backs like it's a it's it's a very big ask, but I don't know if I'd rotate too much. I, I, that's not in Arteta's blood, you know. He's going to want. I think you need to have some sort of momentum even going into the next season. So, you know, it's good to change up the team sometimes, but I think you need to keep the base completely. And I don't know how much of this team that Arteta trusts. And you see it by the way he does his um, substitutions, which I think that that's one thing we'll talk about a bit later. But his substitutions against um, Brighton were very weird, very, very strange. Um, it was almost like, do you remember when we played Manchester United away and he just threw like all the attacking players on and then we conceded two more goals? Like, he, he threw the kitchen sink too early. And I think he's almost done the same in, in this game. Um Danny, I want to talk about the first goal. Um, it was from the corner and Kivior said he got stepped on. Um oh, that one. Boo. And then like it and then I felt like every single defender just stopped. Yeah. Like every single one just it wasn't a corner, was it? No, it was a cross, wasn't it? Yeah. And um I think it was a ev- corner. It was a corner? Yeah. Yeah. And every single defender just stopped. Uh, I was like spitting feathers because I thought, what happened? And then Kivior went down and was like, oh, um, after the game, he said, oh, I thought VAR would intervene. Now he's got, if Arteta doesn't take him into that room that they all have and read him the right act to say, that's not what we do here. Like you play, like, I don't know how hurt he was. I don't know how hard, getting stepped on like with a pair of studs are like I don't it know wasn't how injured he was. I'm just looking at it. You were right. It was yeah. a cross. Like yeah. you can't do that. You can't just stop playing. You know that they always say play to the whistle. And I think that's what Kivyar needs to he needs to learn that like I don't think if that happens to Rob Holding, Rob Holding stays down. I, I think Rob Holding gets up and then after the ball's cleared, then he might go down. But I don't know if or how badly Kivyar was hurt. Now, it's not just the Kivyar, it's the fact that every single defender just stopped. They just paused. They all just paused and did nothing. Kieran Tierney just paused. Gabriel didn't get um, into the box. I, I don't, it just seemed very, very weird. And even, do I think Ramsdale could have done a little bit better on the cross? Maybe, possibly he could have. But what was your thoughts on it, Danny? Um, I thought it was laughable. Uh, I don't know why, what he thinks was going to happen. I'm actually, this is the video I've got of it, so I've had to stop playing it. But then you can see when the, uh, the, the moment the ball comes over, and then the, the bloke who, he, it was his, <laughs> it's hilarious. Every time I see it, I think, well, hold on a second. The bloke stood on the back of his ankle, the boots come off, and then he could have still got up, but he decides with his left hand to go down to his ankle and just hold the boot. Meanwhile, the bloke walks in behind him, headers it in. 
And then he, he doesn't even look. He doesn't even look behind him and go, oh, shit. Oh, what's just happened? He just, no, I'm doing my boot. Yeah. Um, do, do we still carry on playing in this country with when the boot is going, when all my boots come off? I thought they automatically game the game stops when my boot comes off. And they think, what? I've never seen anything like that. Sometimes they'll go down and then they'll pick their boot up or they'll just run around without their shoe, without their boot on. Or they'll yeah. try and do something. But what you don't do is just go down on one knee holding your ankle or your boot when the bloke you're defending is right behind you. And then I'm looking at it now. He was laying down on the pitch for a little while after going, make it look like I was doing just really physio because I think I fucked up real royally there. But then when they put the cross in, that bloke, he did an Urzel with a cross, didn't he? Spanked it into the floor, which um, which messed everybody up and they didn't know which way it was going to go. But as soon as he got back up, put his boot back on, got back up and ran off and he was perfectly okay. I mean, that is... It's absolutely ridiculous. I've never seen. Have you ever seen anything like that before? It's crazy. No, no it, it's mad. Like, like I said, when you're five, six years old, you get taught play to the whistle. Like, don't let VAR think they're going to intervene. Because if there was no VAR, what would you have done? So, yeah, yeah I, I think that that's. I think that's kind of on him. I don't know if we're being too harsh, but I, I think that's a mistake. And if I'm Arteta, I'm fuming at QVR. Like, I'm absolutely fuming at him, and I'm telling him literally, don't ever do that again. Like. Get up, head the ball out, and then complain to the referee. Like, don't think, oh, I'm just going to stay down and hoping that the referee is going to intervene or that VAR is going to intervene. Because as we've seen, VAR is shit in this country. Like, they are absolutely atrocious. Well, VAR works. It's the operators of it that don't work very well. So, uh, there's that. Um, I want to gloss over quickly the two goals. So, Oh, this one, I want to show you this one. I've got it paused on in the exact location. I don't know if people remember this. The uh, You can see there. Um, can you see my mouse on the screen? I think you can. So mm. the, the, we had a free kick. The Brighton player gets the ball and boots the ball all the way out, all the way down to um, right where Ramsdale. So Ramsdale comes all this way out to get the ball, and Ramsdale takes the quick free kick. And then once Ramsdale does that, he gives it, I think he gives it to Gabriel. And Gabriel does it in to party or one of those two. And they don't control it right. And then that's where the break comes on. And then this is on, this is the second goal. And then he's massively out of position. I mean, why is Ramsdale coming all that way? I know we're in a hurry to take it and try and go for the equaliser. But first of all, that that player should have been booked for kicking the ball away, what, a quarter of the way down the pitch? Terrible. Yeah, and I think it was Trossard that gave the ball away, wasn't it? And all oh, got tackled. And then Ramsdale was out. I, I, I don't know why, but I feel like Ramsdale gets chipped quite a lot. For someone who's quite a tall keeper, I feel like this is like the third or like third or fourth time he's been chipped this season. Um, maybe he needs to not be a sweeper keeper and, and stay on his line a little bit. I'm not too sure. But yeah, after after that 2-0, um, it you knew that we weren't going to come back and it was just a really miserable performance. Now, for me, I think we talk about it now, Danny, the substitutions. If you're chasing a game, you know, you're 1-0 down, you're at home as well and you're chasing a game, do you take off your £50 million striker (laughs) and your captain who's scored 15 goals and how many assists this season? For me, that was absolutely bonkers. Now, you know, Mikel Arteta could have had a master plan. I don't know what he was thinking, but did you get that substitution? 
He's done it quite a few times this season where he's taken off Erdegaard and you think, well, he's our, he's our captain, he's our most creative player. Why are you taking him off? And you'd still think, even in the in the, the later minutes of the game, looking, he, he took off um, Jesus and Erdegaard on 77 minutes. Now, Smithrow, Paul Palmer, has done has played absolutely virtually nothing all season, essentially since his injury. He got a few minutes at the end of the game against Man City. And then Eddie has really shown that Eddie hasn't really, he isn't a player for Arsenal, sadly. And then, uh, yes, and and then you think, well, why, why are you doing that? Neither of these two are going to be. I haven't showed Smith Rowe last season an amazing impact sub could have made a difference. But if you're chasing the game, like you said, you you leave on Jesus and you leave on Odegaard. Neither of them were injured. You're not saving them for the, the Forest away game. <laughs> so why take him off with 23 minutes, 13 minutes to go, plus it turned out to be another eight minutes of uh, extra time added on the end of it? I thought, absolutely, that's a crazy substitution. Because um, Nketiah's never going to do that for you. He's never going to, when when the, when the cards are down, come to, he may have done it, I think, once. Was it against Man United? He came on and, and helped us win that game. But it's not, you, you don't think, oh, who are we going to bring on for a last-minute goal? Oh, we'll bring on Eddie. That'll do it. And a bloke who hasn't played for months properly. No, I don't like it. But I've said quite a few times that Arteta is trained, he's learning his tactics as, as he goes on. And sometimes they're good, sometimes good, maybe sometimes shit. Whatever <laughs> <laughs> that went. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think... Um, I, I feel like I don't know why he does these random things. Like I know he's probably trying to mix it up a little bit and... But if you spend fifty million pounds on a striker, I, I don't know if taking him off is is the best thing. Or I don't even know whoever um, taking off your your captain, your you know your number one assist maker uh, is any better. Like I, I have no idea. But he did it, and obviously it didn't work out for us. Um, I'm not going to lie to you, Danny. At that point, at two 0 I turned off the game because I knew we weren't going to win it. Um, I, as well. <laughs> I went to I went into my kitchen to get myself a drink. I put my drink down. I went upstairs to go to the toilet. I came back downstairs, got my drink, um, looked at my phone, and I saw a notification, 3-0. I was like, <laughs> I laughed. I literally just laughed because I thought that is the most Arsenal thing ever. So I don't know what happened in that third goal. I know that. Um, I did watch it and I kind of just watched a little bit of it and I, I, would you call it a Ramsdale mistake? I don't know how to quantify it. Like, what what, what would you call it? I'd call it um, party not giving a damn. Uh, the ball, they're, they're attacking down the left-hand side. The ball comes into about a third of the way up the pitch into our into a two-thirds up the pitch towards our area and then the party is uh the bloke comes across party and party just goes no nah, no nah, go on off you go and then let's him let's him carry on with it i'm just looking at it again now it's it, it party got booked to late in the game like party's running down on the bloke now bloke gets past him and then party just goes oh well and just jogs on i mean when you have a shot from that far out and then ramsdale parries it you can't really Oh, he stopped it. That's that's his job. He stopped it, and then when he parries it, the other bloke has a shot, and then he tries. He gets a hand to it. He gets a few fingers to it, but it still goes goes over and goes in. But, I mean, at that point in the game, they've all got me thinking. I don't know. They've lost the will to live. 
it's annoying but it's just it's a venga the second half of venga's era-esque kind of collapse the kind of thing that we saw all the time when we when we'd be two nil down and then we bring on Danielson or bring on Song or bring on Elneny when we needed a goal. You'd look at it, you go, what are you doing? Why Why have you done that? And then, you know, 96 minute, three nil down, stadium's half empty, everyone's gone home. But what, just before they scored their third goal, we did have quite a decent attack and looked like we were going to do another Southampton because um, Reese Nelson looked really good. Shame that he's leaving, which I think I know you're going to come to later, players leaving and transfers. But sometimes these things happen, and I put it all down to Man City beating Everton earlier in the day. If they'd have been kicking off at the same time as us, then I don't think the game would have turned out the same way. I'm a bit... I think it was a foregone conclusion that Man City were never going to drop any points. And credit to Man City, absolute powerhouse of a team. You know, we'll we'll talk about their uh, financial regularities later, but... um, (laughs) I am probably one of the ones where I think I was I was sixty percent believing that we was going to win the league, and I wanted to believe it. Like I was really happy. Yeah, I I wanted to. Like I was I was. You know, when you start believing and you give yourself that, you start thinking to yourself, "Hmm, do I start believing that we're going to win the league?" And you you kind of start dreaming about it. For me, I think it's. Where do you think we kind of let's just wrap up the Brighton game? So, you know, we've lost, and it's all at the end of the game. You saw the look in everyone's eyes that you know the league title's definitely gone. That was the game I think that broke everyone's heart. Even Odegaard in the interview said that you know he's probably gone now. That was really bad. Um, that was, I think, that dressing room. Do you remember in the All or Nothing documentary? when we lost to Newcastle and they went into the dressing room and it was silent. And even Arteta yeah. said, no, I don't want to hear no talk. I don't want to hear nothing now. Like, I've not watched that yet. Oh, okay. Um, it was his team saying like, don't say anything. Like you should have been talking on the pitch. Now you're quiet. Like I don't want to hear nothing because you've lost it. And I think everyone was just battered. I think that was like a really hard game. Now, like, even like we're looking at Ben White on the screen now, Matoma took him like just absolutely ran rings around him. And I think it showed that Ben White on his day is very good, but on his out of the day, he's not when he's it, it gave me shades of um do you remember when Chambers was absolutely run ragged at Swansea? And he literally got rings run around him um, by the winger, Jefferson. I think it was Jefferson. Like, absolutely destroyed him. I think that was kind of a performance like this. Now, Ben White will bounce back from this. Like, he will. Um, I have no doubt whatsoever. But that performance from the whole team, I, I can't think of one player on the Arsenal's team that played well. Like, it was... It was a team that I felt like it was a team that played maybe midweek and then had another game and they all just looked tired. Um, and you know, for someone for a team that's playing one game a week, I think it's kind of 
I think it's kind of... It's not uh, what we expected, is it? Oh, no, sorry, we're not out of Europe. We've got one game a week. Man City are playing two a week. Oh, we're going to... We're 10 points clear. It's gonna, we're going to walk this. It's going to be an yeah, absolute dream. And I think when you're being chased by a juggernaut of, like, Man City, I think the pressure gets to you. Like, I really, really do think the pressure gets to you, and that's the problem um, with Arsenal. Now, Danny, we've seen this kind of... I don't have to call it a collapse, um, but whatever it's called, um, we saw it at the last season, at the tail end. So this is one of the things that we were talking about in our in the WhatsApp group. Do you think it's a mentality thing? Now, you know, we're flying well. Now, just like last season, we were favourites of top four. And towards the business end of the season, we started to drop points. And it's happened again. Like, we were flying and towards the business end of the season, we've dropped points again. Like, what do you put it down to? Do you think it is experience? Do you think it's a management style? Do you think it's the players? Like, do you think it's the mentality? Do you think it's the effort? Like, I don't know. I can't put my, my, my finger on it. And even in the group, like uh, myself, Chris, John, um, Josh, we was all going back and forth. Um, we just don't know. So I'm interested to get your opinion of it. Like, what do you think it is? Why is it that when uh, our backs against the wall, the chips are down and the business end of the season, why is it that we just cannot, you know, maintain what we do at the start of the season? And we've got up the uh, my my spreadsheet here, my Google Sheets of uh, all the games of the season. And then you could see, like last season, we lost the last two games, the penultimate two games of the season. And the season before that, we had a good run. The season before that, we lost two out of the last four. Season before that, we lost two out of the last uh, four. Season before that, we lost two out of the last four. But then you look, once the pressure is off, we won the last game of the seasons for the last 10 seasons in a row. (laughs) I think you can see there. Game 38, win, 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 all the way down. And the last time we didn't win the last game of the season was... um, no, ignore that 9900 because this doesn't, when I um, organise it um, uh, high to low, it puts the year 99 after the year 2012. So that does still apply, though, down, all the way down to there. So that's at least 10 like, final games of the season that we have won. And it's just it's like Mr Waffles puts there. It's a collapse. And uh, Boy10 says, we lost Saliba and Tomiyashu. We need depth. If holding and Saka's head on his shoulders, then different results to this season. We're probably still ahead by a point, but that's a big if. But it's just no no coincidence, is it, that we regularly shit the bed towards the end of the season? Yeah, but can you put your finger on it? Like, do you think it's the age of the squad? Like, how, how many times can we put it down to the age of the squad? How many times can we say... Oh, it's the experience. Like, what, what, what do we need to do? Like, you think that Arteta would have learned from last season? You know, missing out on the top four. Like, you would have thought, okay, like I know what this team could possibly do. So I need to change whatever I did last season. I need to change to make sure the boys are mentally, physically ready. But the same thing has happened this season. So. You know, is it down to the players? Is it down to coaching? Is it down to the management? Like, they, they, it can't happen twice in a row and just be, oh, it's because they're young. Because they're a Maybe. year older. Everyone is a year older now. I don't know what the reason is. It, it, I, I should think it's a combination of 
not having a very large squad. And I mean, sometimes we saw at the end of this game, all the players were, were collapsing on the pitch. They were, they were knackered. We've seen that a few times this season. Maybe it's just a few games too many in the Premier League. They, they've got such a small squad, comparatively. Arteta doesn't like to trust anybody outside of his best, his favourite 13 players. So maybe he needs to have a squad full of players that he trusts more. Because we know that he doesn't like, he doesn't trust. Uh, I mean, Vieira is out because he doesn't trust him. ESR is out. Nelson very rarely will get a start. He will only get a sub game. Eddie won't start games. We don't have anybody else to bring in like that. And uh, he's, he's he's made a bit of a gamble bringing Kivior in and get getting rid of Big Bob. It's guaranteed if Big Bob's boot would have come off, he wouldn't have gone down on one knee and started fiddling with his ankle. He'd have picked the boot up, like someone said in the chat, and thrown it at someone, <laughs> thrown it at the ball or something. It's I'm going, to, I'm going to put it down to immaturity throughout the squad because there's so many young players and lack of squad depth with a little asterisk, a lack of squad depth that, that Arteta actually trusts. Do you have any reasons? Um, no, like, I, I, I've... I... In the group, I always said I think it's a mentality thing. Like maybe they get a bit too nervous. Maybe you know, once you, something bad happens, like the two-two against Liverpool. So you know, you're two nil up against Liverpool. You're riding high, and then you come back to draw. And we was let's be honest, we were holding on in that game, like towards the end, and we were very lucky not to come away with a defeat. Like, what changes your mentality of you being 2-0 up at Anfield and then you just stop playing? Just completely just stop playing because that's what happened. They completely stopped playing. When we played um, West Ham, you 2-0 up at West Ham, you're flying and the same thing happens. You're, you're sort of, um, you don't finish the game off. Southampton, who are the worst team in the Premier League, haven't won a game, haven't won an away game, haven't scored an away goal for God knows how long, and you let them come to the Emirates and score and score two goals and go two 0 down. That can only—it's not an ability thing because we are better than Southampton, we are better than West Ham. So it's got to be a mentality thing. Either they think when two 0 up they're cruising, or it's a case of Southampton are the worst team in the league. We're easily going to beat them, so I don't need to try it as hard. Well, we've got previous, haven't we? Because remember, we were four 0 up at Anfield in the League Cup with uh, after an almost an hour. Oh, yeah. the four four two, and then we think, well, that's it, the game's over. And then it's uh, it's four three, then it's four four, and then we get one, make it five four, and in the ninetieth minute, Divock Origi uh, gets the fifth one to make it five five. And even the even the Liverpool fans were going, I don't know how we managed to pull that back. They they had players playing for them that I've never even heard of, like uh, Kami. Keller and Vanderberg and Nico Williams and 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 uh, Brewster and all these other players. Arsenal have got previous of shitting the bed in the in the very final minutes of of the game and going, oh, there you go, it's all gone. We've knackered it. Oh, Man City just had one cleared off the line. Yeah, to see, um, uh, sneaky. <sighs> yeah, it's just it's a, it's a very weird thing surrounding Arsenal and then you know. I, I, are hoping that, you know, next season we're going to be able to come away from that. And hopefully if we are in the same position next season where, we, you know, we're hard at the table, we've got to literally look at this and say, look, it's happened two seasons ago. It happened last season. We cannot let this happen again. We have to do something better. So 
I'm hoping Arteta and his and his um, coaching staff and you know the more mature players in the squad, you know, tell the young the younger guys like, listen, we need to do better. We have to come and weigh and you know be able to finish jobs because there's not many people that go two 0 up at Anfield, mm-hmm. and you know when you kind of tune up at that stage, you're thinking to yourself, well, we've won the game and, you know, we just need to learn how to finish teams off. Now, when we go 2-0 up, go and get a third. Really, yeah. really kill the game off. Don't just think, oh, it's 2-0 comfortable. Let's sit back for a little bit. If you're playing that well to go 2-0 up, then keep playing that well so you can go 3-0 up or 4-0 up. So, that I avoid. think that's the... Boy puts hmm? here. Arteta has made the fewest changes to his starting lineup of any manager in the league. He doesn't trust those players. If he were foot playing football manager, he'd have sold them all. <laughs> but I mean, when you look at the fact Southampton are by by far the worst team in the Premier League, and they have taken five points off us this season. They've cost us five points, and that five points is the difference between us winning the title and not winning the title against the, the worst team in the league. That's yeah, that I mean that you can't get there's be, no excuse for that. No, that has to be a mentality thing. Like, no, there's no way that like, even Everton, when we played Everton, weren't they like I know you know you talk about new manager bounce and blah blah blah, but they were like second from bottom, weren't they? And we went to Everton and they beat us. And you're thinking to yourself, okay, I get the whole new manager bounce thing. I, I, whether I subscribe to that or not, I don't know, but it's the same set of players. I know Fat Frank was in charge, but it's the same set of players. Like, how could we lose to Everton? How could we go there and not, you know, pick up points? It's just, yeah, it, it, it gets uh, annoying after a while because there's so many times when, I mean, it's all if, buts, maybes, and I'm not going to take any way, anything away from this team. This team has outplayed themselves this season. There are so many times this season where we've come back from a defeat or we've won games for us to be where we are, I think is nothing short of a miracle, Danny. Like yeah, we have, we have absolutely outdone ourselves this season. And it's the, you know, what people say is the hope that kills you because we're really up there and now we didn't finish a job, but you know, we've gone toe to toe with arguably the best team in Europe for 36 games, 37 games. And we're up there. And um, I think, credit has to go to this team. You know, they may have not finished a job, but credit has to go to them because, you know, there's some really, for every sort of bad performance you talk about, the, you know, away to Southampton, home to Southampton, um, Liverpool, West Ham, there's some brilliant performances. Like, I look at the Aston Villa game where we were, what, 2-1 down and we came back to win 4-2, albeit, you know, fortuitous, but, that just shows a team that doesn't give up. You know, you, you look at the um, Brentford 3-2, you know, how many teams go 2-0 down and then come back to win 3-2 like, in the last kick of the game? I just think it's, you know, it, it's brilliant what this, this team does. And, you know, Arsenal, for me, this season have been absolutely brilliant. I, I'm not going to take anything away from them. I think it's just been absolutely fantastic. It would have been nice to finish the job off, but... You know, I don't I don't know if I subscribe to all this phase two, phase three, phase four, phase five thing. I think it was just something that Arteta said and, you know, a lot of um, people have latched onto it and said, oh, we're only in the first phase or second phase or blah, blah, blah. Because whenever we reach this fifth phase, 
if we don't win the title, then what's the excuse then? Like, you have true. to understand that Man City are just an absolutely juggernaut of a team. They're brilliant. They are, they, you know, they've got a robot up front who just, just scores goals for fun. they got a, an attacking midfielder who is arguably one of the best midfielders in the world at the moment. Their defence is just brilliant. They've got a, a manager who, you know, some people call him the bald um, fraud. Mm-hmm. Um, he, but you know, he's he's a good he's a good manager. He's he's won titles in every single place that he's gone to. I mean, albeit you know anyone could win a title in the German league. But I'm just um, looking at. I, I saw I was a bit quiet there. I was just making some notes. This season, Spurs beaten three one at home, two 0 away. Liverpool. Beaten 3-2 at home, 2-2 away. Man United beaten 3-2 at home. Chelsea beaten 1-0 at home, 3-1 away. And Newcastle, who are one of the best teams in the league, 0-0 at home, beaten 2-0 away. That is 2-4-6-8. That is nine really decent results against some of the teams that are rivals. But then you add to that the uh, losing to Everton, losing to Southampton, drawing to Southampton. And the, the games that... Remember, it's always back in the day that it was... Pardon me. Wenger could never beat the big teams around him. We would play the top six, as, as it is allegedly called, including that lot up the lane that uh, shouldn't be in the top six. We'd play them and we'd lose to nearly all of them. And then we'd smash all the, the midway teams and all the teams down the bottom. If you look at the games that we've only lost five games this season, one nil away to Everton. We should have won that. One one at Brentford, VAR mugged us off. We had mm-hmm. one one at Southampton. We should have we should beat those. Uh, Man United one we couldn't have done it much about, and then we had that run that you were just talking about the the two two at Liverpool, two two at West Ham, and three three at home to Southampton. Those are those just a handful of those games against those rubbish teams, and then we if we, the couple of those results would have been different. So just even just the Southampton one, but then like you're saying, it's been a magnificent season. But you can't take away from the fact that when it came to playing the big boys. We smashed them nearly every time. I mean, beat them, not smashed them. We beat them every time. When was the last time that we got six points off of Spurs, four points off of Liverpool, three off of Man United, six off of Chelsea, and then another four off of a title rival? When was the last time think, that happened for Arsenal? I don't think we've done a double over Spurs for years. Like, and we're undefeated in, in, in London derbies. Yeah, that's First not happened. Ever. That's not happened at all. Like, and I... I, I if you look at even the beginning of the season, there's a reason, there is an absolute reason why Arsenal were away to Crystal Palace at the start of the season, this season on a Friday night. Like, they didn't want us to win that game. I don't care what anyone says. Because, wasn't it last season we lost to Palace, I want to say? Did we, I can't know if you can look it up, Danny. I'm sure we lost to Crystal Palace away last season. Um, oh, no, it was Brentford, didn't it? it was, oh, fucking hell. First game of the um, season, wasn't it? No, yeah, that was last season um, that we drew with Brentford. But just looking at the games from last season, we lost the first three games: two 0 to Brentford, five two 0 to Chelsea, five 0 to Man City. Yeah, that was um, different. Yeah, so, that was only the that was only last season: four 0 to Liverpool, three two to Man United, two one to Everton, and then lost to Man City again. So oh, three, we lost three 0 to Palace. The fourth of April yeah. was the end of last season. Then Brighton beat us two one, and then Southampton beat us one 0 Game of three losses in a row. 
so that was it. That's why I think they put Palace on like the first game of the season away to Palace Friday night. They went Arsenal to get off to a loss, but we won the game. So, you know, we have learned from the previous season like the games that we kind of dropped some points away to Palace, which is a hard place to go. You know, we beat them. Um, so, you know, going on to next season, which is, you know, I guess what everyone wants to talk about, transfers. Um you know, in the press, there's been loads and loads and loads of speculation. As <laughs> there is, because it just comes all to the silly season. Back. <laughs> yeah, all the ITKs are are straight out. Like all these accounts that you don't see automatically like come along and start as soon as Arsenal oh, mentioned. I know, I know what's happening. I've got a mate. Shut up. No, you don't. None of you know. <laughs> Fuck all. Like Mike Hurts, but today, no one knows anything. Shut up, you attention seeking morons. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like all of them, like, every single person who comes out says I know something none of you know but I guess by some of the (laughs) big journalists like it's been reported like some of the players that you know have been spoken about for quite a while so Declan Rice is someone who has been spoken about quite a lot and you know we've got obviously some of our sources as well Danny and um oh yeah apparently grilling him today yes and apparently that deal they've been oh Man City are in the lead um apparently they Arsenal have sort of been speaking to Declan Rice representatives and you know talking about obviously what he would want in wages, you know, all of the money, just just <laughs> things like that. Um Declan Rice coming to Arsenal, are you in favour of that, Danny? I'm <clears throat> he's uh, 24 years old, he's not 25 until he's 25 on the 14th of January next year. Born in, he's a Kingston upon Thames bloke. I don't know how far that is from. What's the closest club to that? Chelsea? To, King, to Kingston, probably. Yeah. Maybe, well, the old Wimbledon. Um, but yeah, it'll be Chelsea. Ah. Um, so then he's a six foot one defensive midfielder. Started his career at Chelsea because all these other decent players, uh, his parents, grandparents are Irish. That is nice. And so he's, he joined Chelsea when he was. Uh, seven they released him at 14 when he went to West Ham so it looks like he's a player that has got loyalty because over the seasons I mean he's been a regular first team player at West Ham for one two three four five six seasons now over those last six seasons West Ham haven't exactly covered themselves in glory have they meanwhile he's banging in games left right and center for England he played uh, 12 last season 14 before that six and seven so he's showing that he can that he's got a decent player. He's got he's won West Ham Young Player of the Year two years in a row, and then he won the West Ham Player of the Year two seasons out of three, and then he's got uh, the, the Europa League Team of the Season last season. And so he's winning all these awards, and he's still staying at West Ham, which I think is a good thing because it shows that he's got loyalty. So when he does move, he's not an Anelka where the first time someone shows in their knickers with a £5 note wrapped up in it, he's, well, I'm off, I'm, I'm signing for that club. <laughs> he's got loyalty, which is something you need to have when you're going to be part of the, the Mikel Arteta rebuild, which is something we're looking forward to. So on that behalf, I'd say yes. I don't think I've ever taken too much notice of him. When when we watched Caicedo, Brighton, we saw Caicedo stood out as brilliant. Um, I've never seen Declan Rice stand out in that kind of way. And I have, and I'm, I've got all, I've downloaded all the games from this season. I should go back and watch them. But the census of opinion seems to be he's a fantastic player. He plays for England, and Arsenal want him, and he wants to come to Arsenal. So I'm not gonna 
I won't have a, I won't be having a banner up that says uh, Declan Rice out or anything like that. But the amount of money, Carl, I mean, there's been rumours of 120 million. It's anywhere from 70 to 120. But is that 120 million? It's not 120 million cash. That must no. be with add-ons. Yeah. So you know, if Arsenal win the the league. <laughs> you know, give them a five million bonuses, appearance fees. Like, you know, we're not going to give West Ham. Yeah, we're not going to give West Ham no way 120 million. I don't think he's worth 120 million. So, um, not to hit pop or hop, skip a jump, but there's also talk of. I was just going to ask you, whose position do you think that he comes in to take? So, do you think that he comes into? Um, replace Thomas Partey and if so because I'm going to get this on to you later about about who stays and who goes and we're going to go through the whole squad Um, but if he does come in you know you don't spend you know 80-90 million on a player who's not a starter so do you think that he comes in and takes Thomas Partey role or do you think he plays in I love how we name it the the Granite Xhaka role um, well, according to um, uh, transfermarket.co.uk, uh, his best position is defend- the right side of defensive midfield, and it's quite quite deep, as in the position that um, the party does play. Another position is centre back, another position is right back. He's right footed, and uh, yeah, the apparently his contract runs out this summer, next summer, but he's got an, a one year option after that, and his market value is 80 million euros. Which at the moment is eighty million pounds. <laughs> um, what did you do? I, I you just made a noise. I wasn't looking at you. What did you do? Oh, I, I yawned. I laughed at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were being mugged. I thought, oh dear, better, better turn no, back no, no. Um, I think it definitely, definitely, the position is going to be there. The standing in front of the back four, going none shall pass. That's his job. And that's what he'll do. And if we look at the how how many games, you know, Party played a million, actually one million games a season every season for the thirty years before we bought him, and then he fell apart. This season, Declan Rice forty six, fifty last year, thirty five, forty, thirty eight, thirty one. So and uh, but actually, it's more. He should do the Premier League games. Give you a better idea. Thirty five this season, thirty six, thirty two, thirty eight, thirty four, and twenty six in his breakthrough season. So he's missing on average two or three games a season. That's what we need, isn't it? Yeah, you need someone who's going to come in and be that midfield sort of um, rock. Um, another player that's been mentioned is Caicedo from Brighton. Um, so. I don't know. I mean, I don't know if you saw the interview after on Sky Sports and where the Brighton manager, De Zerbi, said that, you know, there's a possibility that we're going to lose Caicedo in the summer and we're going to lose McAllister, I think they said as well. Um, would you... It's a silly question because, of course, you, you're going to want Caicedo. That's a given. He's, a, he's, a, he's an excellent player. But do you think there's room this season to buy Caicedo and Granit Xhaka. Sorry, Caicedo and Declan Rice. Well, it's. Uh, I'm just going to look at... Because I'm never sure of players' positions because I haven't played football manager well. And according to Transfer Market, he plays in exactly the same right side of the head of the defence in defensive midfield. And his other position is central midfield. 21 years old, market value of 55 million, and he is 5 foot 10. I can see him going into the, the Xhaka role 
more than uh, and and playing slightly ahead. Uh, he's only been he's only been playing for Brighton's first team for one season. Last season he played eight games. This season he's played thirty nine all comps. And before that he was in Belgium on loan. And before that he was back in in Ecuador. So I think there is room for someone like Caicedo to come to Arsenal and play in the, the be earmarked for the Xhaka position. But at the age of twenty one, he's not twenty two until November. To be understandable, be understanding when um, Arteta says to him, I want you in the club. This is your future role, the Xhaka role, but you're not going to be playing every game from now on and maybe have another player that is going to stay in that kind of position, which for me, ideally, would be Xhaka. Because I know Xhaka's been on a roller coaster ride, but would you have them both? Do you think there's money for them both? Because if the owners look at what Arteta has done and the players that he's bought, it's working. There's a couple of players that may not have worked out perfectly. Well, Tavares, Lukonga and Vieira. But the rest of them are working out quite well, aren't they? Will they trust him with another 300 million? <sighs> the, the, the problem that's is... Exactly, that's exactly how we're all feeling, how you, what you just said. <laughs> yeah. I think the problem with that is who... Goes, which I want to, I want, I want to talk about the ins first before we talk about the outs. Yeah, um, and that is the problem. Have we got room? And if it's only, did you say it's only this season? He's he's a, been a starter, Casado. Yeah, yeah, he's um this season. So he, uh, I, last season he played eight Premier League games, but he was also at the beginning of last season he was sent to Belgium, beer shot, and he played twelve games for those, and then he came back and played. Eight game actually it depends on which way around his uh, his move went when he went to beer shot. I guess oh, no, he, I guess he played. He went to beer shot at the January transfer window last year, not not this year, the last year. So part of the season he played at Brighton, then he went to beer shot. I guess my issue is he's only played one season in the Premier League, and everyone's sort of falling over him. Yeah. If you give him, if you give Kaisei, if you give Brighton. What did we offer last season? 80 million or in the sorry, in um, January, we offered 80 million or something along them lines. I've no idea. Yeah, I think it was something along them lines, and we didn't get him. 75 it was between 75 and 80 million, and we didn't get him. So if wow. you think that um Russ is gonna cost north of 80 million, yeah, and Kite, all Brighton the money. Are, and Brighton are gonna want exactly the same. So that's 160 million on two. <laughs> on two positions and you know there are more positions that we need to 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 strengthen you know do Arsenal haven't got that Manchester City money we don't have 160 million to spend on two players like it's so that's why I'm a bit more uh skeptical of whether we get Caicedo and um Declan Rice now if it's one or the other we're probably going to go for Declan Rice like more than likely but Mm. um that that's it. Um, there's another player that we've been linked with, Danny. Another central midfielder. Um, I think Boyateng Dio has mentioned it. Um, Xavi Simmons. Um, I don't know if you've heard of him. So, oh, I have actually. I remember, remember a long time, long, long time ago. Chris was on the pod, and I said, I've seen this bloke playing for. He's playing in Holland, isn't he? I can't yeah, remember what PSV. side. Um, where's Boy? Uh, is he this it? Ah, oh, PSV. And I said, oh, he, he was at PSG. And he said, oh, yeah, but they've sold him there with the understanding that he's coming back. 
because his goals and I think I was only looking at them going Cody Gakpo and I was looking at him and seeing the kind of stuff that he did. And then I noticed this other bloke who went bloody hell. So I watched one game. That's all I've watched playing uh, in, in a European game uh, tournament. I don't remember which one it was. I remember thinking, bloody hell, yeah, that kid looks good. And then Chris said, yeah, he's definitely going back to PSG at some point. So apparently he's been offered to Arsenal because apparently he's changed agents. I'm always sceptical when players get offered to the clubs because I always think... But, but this season, so for PSV, he's played um, in Eredivisie, played 32 games um, and scored 16 goals. Now... That's not bad. That is, for a central midfielder, that is extremely good. However, Danny, however... Yeah. This is the Eredivisie, so I am. You, you'd have to s- <laughs> stop me if I'm being a little bit skeptical of this guy coming in and scoring 16 goals from 32 games in the uh, Eredivisie, um, and that's just in the league as well. So I, I'm not saying he couldn't come in and do a job for us, um, but I, I, I'm very, very skeptical. He's five foot ten. Uh, 21 years old. Sorry, he's 20 years old. Um, I believe he plays centre midfield, um, sort of it was almost between the Granite Xhaka role and the Martin Odegaard role. Um, I don't know how much you know about him, Danny, but do you think it's a prospect? And if, depending on how much he goes for, would you take him? Well, I was hoping to see him play against us when we played him in the um, in the uh, Europa League. Um, he played in the second game, the one where we uh, was it the first game? I can't remember which way around the guy. He no, played he, the first he, game. I'm sure I played the first game. Uh, he played in the the, um, the home our home leg, and then they took him off after just looking here. Zari came off after. Oh God, where's the name? Where's the name? Oh, came off after the 90th minute. I don't remember him having an amazing game. Also, in that game, I don't remember Gapco having an amazing game. And there were the two players that I was watching. Maybe that's the game that I said I'd only watched him once. Maybe it was that one. I don't think either of them were fantastic. And I said, when Gapco goes to Liverpool, he's not really going to do much. Well, showing what I know about football, he's gone to Gapco's gone to Liverpool. And I'd say he's he's been a success there. Been a really good player, but what I don't want is another curly-haired tit, uh, just like Gwendozi. That as soon as he comes and signs for Arsenal, he's he's rubbing himself with um, putting on a Barcelona Real Madrid, uh, going off the toilets and having a little rub of his legs, like in um, oh Uvavu, what was that? That show on BBC Two with uh, Bob Mortimer. You know that matey boy used to get up on the oh, he'd rub um... his legs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Get all exactly excited. What that, that's some, that's what that's a joke for people that are outside the UK that have no idea what I'm on about. Shooting stars <laughs> with Vic Reeves. He used to get excited star. and he'd jump up onto one of the panelists on their table and he'd start rubbing the, his thighs and squatting down in front of a lady going, oh, oh, and stuff like that. No, actually, he said that later for the picture thing. That's the gist of my point. That was That's the image that was in my head running around in circles saying, say this, and it made no bloody sense. I don't want someone who, as soon as they get here, is going to start thinking about where they're going to go to next, like Gwen Doozy obviously was. And with him having PSG DNA, I think that's where he's going to end up going sometime sooner or later. I mean, I know they've got a buyback clause, but obviously if they sell him to us, if PSV sell him to us, then um, obviously that clause is kind of gone. Um, 
do you have so apart from we talked about certain midfielders I think mm. my personal opinion is that Arsenal needs a number of positions I think we need a new left back um, I think we need another centre defender the, our new left back is currently playing for Brighton our new central midfielder is currently playing for Brighton and uh, <laughs> our new attacking midfielder is also currently playing for Brighton <laughs> Listen, we can't move. We've got two of their players at the moment. We can't have any more. Other, you know, when Wolves had all those Portuguese player, their, their yeah. away kit was was green and red. Literally, if we yeah. if we get any more Brighton players, our kit's gonna have to be blue and white striped. Josh will love that. <laughs> He'll buy it. <laughs> That's um, a dream come true for him. Oh, a blue and white stripy kit with an Arsenal badge on it. He'd never <laughs> sleep in it. A gun with a like a seagull just resting on top of the um, the cannon. <laughs> <That's it. laughs> Do you think there's room that we're going to need another striker this season? Next season, sorry. Room? No. Do I want one? God, yes. I'd sell Jesus and and Inketia and Balogun, and then I'd go out and start again because the Jesus thing isn't working. You can't have two world-class, on the verge of world-classness that they're going to be in... Oh, Man City are 2-0 up. Yeah, indeed. Um, you can't have Martinelli and Saka on those wings and then have a... your. Don't lean forward when you're just eating some food. And what do I have? I had a Burger King. Mm, tastes good. My point is, you can't have Martinelli on one side and Saka on the other when they are on the verge of going to become world-class players at the rate they're going and then have Jesus, who is also trying to play in those positions. It's not working. Have we seen so many times this season, if we're going to have a striker, you need a striker that's going to go forward and get up and be in those positions, waiting for the crosses, the tap, doing a Haaland is what we want. I said when we played Man City, you look at the Haaland map and you look at the Jesus map. Jesus should be playing the positions where Haaland was, but but playing for us. And we don't have that. And so all those wasted opportunities where Erdegaard is trying to put someone through and find out the person he wants to put it through is playing behind him in a full 8, 9, 10 position. And Martinelli and Saka are getting the balls and zigzagging and crossing it in. And there's nobody there. The Jesus thing is not working. He is a wonderful player, but he's the kind of player that you need when you have got a striker up front and you're not playing wingers, then he can be all around the place with a free roll behind the main striker. And that is not what we do. And that is not working. And I'd get rid of all three of them. Balogun, because he doesn't want to stay. USA, he's made his decision. Wise move. Eddie's never going to make it. And then I don't think Jesus, Jesus is going to have the goals in him that we need. We need to go out there and get a proper striker, a Vlahovic, that kind of, not necessarily him, but someone who is, where's he, where, like Giroud. Giroud never knowingly left the, the, the last third of the pitch. You're never going to see Giroud down trying to get the ball off our defenders and run up the pitch. Sanchez used to do it, but Sanchez was allowed to do it because Sanchez was a world-class player. He'd get the ball, run the length of the pitch and score. Jesus doesn't do it. He's a brilliant player, but he, we need someone who's going to be there to score goals, and he isn't doing it. Maybe Arteta's telling him. I don't know. Yeah, I I absolutely agree with you, Danny. I want my striker to be in the box. I don't want him to be in centre midfield picking up the ball. Like If you're going to play a false nine, because it almost seems like that's what he is. He's a false nine. Um but you need someone to play off him. And I don't think I don't think he's good enough 
that I, I I'm not, I'm not going to be like you. I don't want him to leave. I think he's good. I would play him almost in the Erdegaard role because if you if you're going to run that much, play centre midfield, play attacking midfielder, and have a player in front of him. Um, you're right. I think we need to change the dynamic a little bit. I would have um, loved someone like Vlaovic or Ivan I guess we're Tony. just t- <laughs> we're touching it now quickly, the Ivan Tony thing. Um, Ivan Tony would have been an absolutely dream buy and I think he would have come in and I think he would have changed Arsenal. There was talk of, you know, a lot of clubs going in for him. You know, talk of Manchester United going in for him, talk of Arsenal going in for him, Chelsea, um, a load of things. But obviously now, um, as everyone listening to this, um, he's now got an eight-month ban um, from all football activities for betting. Um, I I don't have a problem with the FA or Premier League or whoever it is giving him this ban. If he's done something wrong, then by all means, fine. Like ban him, do whatever. Don't we don't know the ins and outs of what he actually done. Um, we don't know if he was betting on the games that he was playing in. I don't know. Don't want to speculate. The issue I have, and I'm not going to get too deep into this, Danny, is when Suarez was found, and John Terry, were both found guilty of being racist, they both got like four game bans. So for me, the FA slash Premier League are showing that they don't really, you know, when it comes to betting, you know, that's it, Not can't do that. But racism, oh, it's not too bad. It's not too bad. Like, like I said, racism it's, it's, isn't bad, but betting is bad. Uh, betting is legal, but racism isn't. And which one gets the bigger fine? It just, yeah, it just, it just, like, like I said, if David Tony's done something bad, ban him. He's done something wrong, and by all means, he should get that ban because we don't know what it is. And but my issue is that 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 John Terry was found guilty of being racist, and he got a four-game ban. Luis Suarez was found guilty of doing exactly the same thing, and four-game ban. But Ivan Tony's betting, but that's fine. Like you can, Man City have had a hundred charges against them. One hundred, over a hundred, wasn't it, Danny? I believe like it's hundred and twenty something. Yeah, hundred and thirty, and nothing has happened to Man City. Like it's it's crazy, and we're not saying we don't know what's going to happen in the future. But you know, the FA have gone to Man City and said, "Oh, we're going to charge you a hundred and twenty odd times." But they're still playing football, still allowed to win games, still doing it. Like I just think they got their priorities wrong. Now, okay, that's my me off my soapbox. Um, would would you? And I don't know if this is maybe this is something for I need to ask Simon. When Arvin Tony is banned from all football activities, does that include transfer as well? Because is it worth saying I to mind. Brighton? Mm. Is it worth saying to Brighton? Do you know what? Here's 50 million. He can't play until January, but we'll take him. So you take that 50 million and you go and invest in another player. You go and buy whoever and we'll take him on. Like, I don't I mean know. Brentford. Brent, that's the one, Brentford. I thought you meant sell him <laughs> to Brighton. Well, they, they no, um, Brentford. So I think it's, it's, a, it's an FA Premier League ban. I think the only thing he could do is go and play in another league and then... But the, the ban is weird because it covers eight months, but he only misses five games of next season because it's up until the 12th of September next year. I thought it would be eight-month ban of, of when... So in the summer doesn't count. 
So he missed two no, games at the end of this I season. I thought it but... was. I thought it was until. Mm, that's a good question because I thought it was until. Um, is it eight months from now? Um, to when, when when it was backdated. But I found the jury that that find him. Look, there they are. Lovely fine. <laughs> all, all gentlemen, all of them an average age of 160. They're the ones who said uh, racism is okay, uh, but betting is is not okay. And so they're 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 they're, they're all guilty. That's the ones. Who'd have guessed, Carl? Who'd have guessed? <laughs> no, I believe he is missing something like five months of next season. No, I read it was the 12th of... Um, I'm going to go and have a look at um, the thing and then see see what it says about him. I'm going to go to Brentford and then see if it says anything about when he is... when the ban ends. Bloody advertisement. So, but even for me, now, while you're doing that, I would have... I would take him... Because I think we need a tall striker. Yes, Daniel? Yes, definitely. Oh, no, I was definitely waving to what? Phil. Oh, um, I feel like um, we need a tall striker. Like, even taking a punt on Dominic Calvert-Lewin. Like, when he's fit, Dominic Calvert-Lewin is a handful. Like, he's an absolute handful. He's a big, tall striker who gets around. The problem is... Keeping fit now, as you know, if we're gonna get any sort of injury prone player, Arsenal, he's never gonna play like ever. So, mm. I think he needs to prove his fitness. But someone in that in that sort of uh build or mode, that's what I feel like we need. And you've seen what he's done to us when he plays against them, plays against us, he's, he's absolutely immense. He's someone yeah. who believes his own bullshit, which is something that we want because his bullshit is top quality. Um, uh, so it says here, um, uh, Ivan Tony, 27, has been suspended from all football activity with immediate effect for eight months and in brackets runs up to the 16th of January 2024 and a £550,000 fine due to betting offensive. But it doesn't say the date. Damn, I'm sure. Has anyone put in the chat? that um, Has anyone found the date? I was busy... Finding the jury. So um, if it's, he's not allowed to play until the 17th of January. Oh, Avon has said he will not be allowed to play again until 17th of January 2024. So maybe I read it as the 17th of uh, September. Maybe. Yeah, that's it. Loki's finally, finally turned up. We've been waiting for you, Loki. We've just been killing time till you got here. So... <sighs> I guess if you're going to take a punt on him, you're not going to really, no one's going to buy him in the summer. You're going to, if you want to buy him, you're going to buy him in the, um, in the, in this, in the January transfer window. But again, I don't know if he's even tried to buy him, whether that's, if all football activities includes a transfer. I would have thought it would do. I wouldn't think they'll do it. So there's uh oh, who will not return until January, 2024. We cannot afford to buy a player that does that. But they're not going to have a, oh, but if you sell him, it, it moves on. I think the only way to do it would possibly go and play in another um, football federation um, and maybe even have to go and play in a different um, uh, regional federation like outside of uh, UEFA or FI- outside of UEFA. Yeah, but isn't it just an FA ban? Yeah. So if it's an uh, FA ban, he could go to France or Italy or whoever, even if you said to them, oh, okay, we're going to give you Ivan Tony on loan just to keep up his um, fitness. 
Yeah, um, I've I've really no idea, but I'd imagine they've they've done it, so there is no way that they can get get around it. But it's gonna it'll still be at a train with the team, just not play. I'd imagine because you know what they're like; they're gonna make sure this is watertight. Whereas any other, oh yeah, stuff, yeah, just let people all football activity, all football activity. He's literally not even allowed to train. Is that is well? That he'll train probably alone somewhere in a gym, but he won't be allowed to go oh, to the training ground. He can start training in September, but not play until January. Maybe that's where I got the September bit from then. Yeah, it makes sense yeah. now, Avon, as boy 10 puts. Loki says he can appeal. I got a feeling he's going to appeal when it's going to be reduced. I, I that's the first, it, the first it, thing I thought was he's going to appeal and it's going to be reduced. There he goes, the boy, but... So if you're doping, you get a one-year ban, sometimes a two-year ban. Gambling is a few months pending how many bets you made. Racing on the field is a few weeks. <laughs> oh, yeah. it'd be laughable if it wasn't so funny, wouldn't it? So true. Yeah, it's just a uh, Barton joke. got his ban reduced by six months. Maybe yeah. what they'll do is the old, uh, you'll, you'll get a one-month ban and a certain amount of it restricted, but then the fine will still be 50 grand. I mean, why even 50 grand? Well, what's that going to do to him? He probably loses that in one bet. He's not going to be bothered about that. <laughs> he probably yeah, got a 50-pound bet on that he's going to get banned. <laughs> he's cashed in. He's, he's made 2.4 million yeah. from this. <laughs> I, I think, um, yeah, I think he's going to get his, his band reduced by probably about three months. So he'd only have to serve some like four or three months. I can't see him doing eight months at all. You can't ruin someone's career when he's the plus. He's an England national now, and that that usually gets you some leeway, as John Terry found out. Yeah. So, yeah, mm-hmm. I've got a feeling he's going to appeal. It'll be reduced, and he'll be back. Um, I'd love him at Arsenal. Definitely, he's got that winning mentality. He stands there. He's a the kind of bloke that has a shower, and then he stands there naked, looking at himself in the mirror, going. Fuck yes. Yes. Look at me. That's how he looks when he scores a goal. He just stands. He like, like Giroud does and, and Ibrahimovic and all that lot. All them toned, <laughs> muscular, goal-scoring machines. Uh, um, so, Dan, I want to talk about the outgoings at Arsenal because there's been talk this of could a be few. A list. <laughs> huh? This could be a list. <laughs> yes. Um, so, our, even our Simon has... Um, sort of said that Granit Xhaka is going to leave at the end of the season. He's going to go to Leverkusen for 15 million. Um, do you think it is time for Granit Xhaka to go? Do you think, you know, he's been a great servant to the club? You know, there's so, so many times he's going to leave and he stayed, you know, even before Arteta came in, he was talking about him going and he wanted to leave, but Arteta told him to stay. I kind of convinced him to stay. Um do you think it's now time to move on from Granit Xhaka and, you know, give him his flowers? He's done well for us and let him go. Well, I'm just looking here. Transfer market as usual. His contract runs out at the end of next June, of next year. Oh, I can't get this fucking can open. Um, so you've got to look at this two ways. We paid, did we pay about 35 million for him? It was some of our them lines, yeah. Was, what, seven, six, seven seasons ago, something like that? Um, yeah. For someone who's only he's only thirty one, isn't he? You get the feeling you feel Shaka. Oh, he's thirty five, thirty six. No, no, he's thirty one. For someone who plays in that position, he's coming to the peak of his career. I don't want to look back at that and go, bloody hell, Granite has gone over there. But Germany is a very, very decent league. I don't want him to go over to Germany 
and then playing for Leverkusen, who are a really decent team, and then go, oh, we really could have done with him. Because this season, he's played 35 out of 36 Premier League games. He's played 45 games all season, scored seven goals. He's at the absolute peak that he is at. No, he's 30. He's not 31 till September. He's at the absolute peak of his Arsenal career. I mean, last season he scored one goal, one, one, four, three, four. Seven goals in 45 games this season. He's loving life. You can see that even though he doesn't wear the armband, he is still the man on the pitch. He is the captain. He may be vice-captain. We all know he's the real captain on the pitch. And at the age of 30, he is in the prime of his footballing life. I'd give him an extended contract and say, you and Caicedo next season battling it out, and then you, we'll give you one new extension, and then if it doesn't work out, you can go at the end of the next season. I don't want to take the risk of letting him go and then regret it. He's never injured. He gives everything. He's, the only time this season he's annoyed me a couple of times, like the end of the Man City game, he lost his rag. We showed the ugly signs of the old granite Xhaka. That man, he's, he's a wonder to watch play. I love his... He's like... like he's like um, I keep going to say it, like Luca Tony. He's not laughing, nothing like Luca Tony. He's like Ivan Tony. He gives everything the whole game and he really gets into it. You're never going to see him being like... Um, going, oh, I don't know if I can be bothered today. No. Gives it his all and that's all you can ask from a player in a peak of his career, Carl. Whereas I agree with a little bit of what you said, there's some bits I don't. So for years, we've been saying that we want an upgrade on Granite Xhaka. And if you was to keep Granite Xhaka around for, let's say, um, you know, for morale purposes, I would love Granite Xhaka to come back and do a, be a coach. Absolutely love it to be. And I'm sure it is. Was it talk of him doing his coaching badges? Like, I can't remember. Like, I'm sure there is. I think El Nenny's doing his at the club at the moment. Yeah, that's the reason why he's got a year extension. But, like, if someone like Granit Xhaka um, was to come back and be a coach at Arsenal, I would love it because I feel he's someone that's good to get around. But I feel like there are players out there who are upgrade on Granit Xhaka. Now, I'm not one of these people that I want him out of my club. No, 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 no. There was a time that I didn't like him. I'll be very honest with you. There was a time when I wanted him to leave. I thought he was just that bad for Arsenal. But, you know, he's shown that he can change it around. And I think um, Russ Morgan, like in the chat, said it. Like, I'm glad that Xhaka's run over the haters. And me too. Like, I, rem I remember when um, John told us about um, when Grant Xhaka first come from late... From um, oh, Motion Gladback, uh, and John was saying like he's a player that will give you everything, and I think the problem is he came over with a bad reputation. He came over with this bad boy attitude, or not even attitude, but with this bad boy reputation, and that's why if you look at some of the times he's been sent off, and you know some <laughs> of the times, you know he's rightly he should have been sent off, but some of the, the occasions that he's been sent off, you look at them and you think to yourself. You should never have been sent off for that. And this is where the whole, if it was Granite Xhaka, like... That's it, that legendary saying. That, yeah, <laughs> if it was Xhaka, that's a red card. And sadly, you know, you know, you can say that referees don't referee players differently. They do. They have do. And I'm so glad that this season, Granite Xhaka, even towards last season as well, Granite Xhaka changed his games where referees couldn't book him you know they'll yeah. be going to think to yourself oh yeah you're gonna get a red card why like 
I am not done in this you're and I think, Xhaka. Yeah, Stop and asking exactly, silly questions. You know, that's exactly what it is. I, I remember like a few occasions where, you know, Granite Xhaka's got a red card and that would... I always put it as if Harry Kane had done that, would you would you give Harry Kane a red card? Because it's a case of, oh, he's not that sort of player. He's England no, captain. He's, yeah, no, he's playing Xhaka. He's not that sort of player. But I think, you know, you need to give him his flowers. He's done well for us. I think he's someone who would like, um, like I said, like Russ Morgan said, he's one over the hainters. And I think he could leave with his head held high. I would have loved to have seen Granit Xhaka play for us in the Champions League. Obviously, he didn't get to do that. Um I would have loved him to lift with a Premier League trophy because I think he deserves it. I yeah. really honestly do think he deserves it. He's worked so hard to turn it around yeah, as well. And, that's, and I think he's changed himself around. I think he's changed the club as well. Like I said, if I could keep Granite Jacket in the dressing room, even in like in the in an El Nene capacity. Because, you know, let's face it, El Nene is not really going to play. He's literally going to be the Rob Holding of next season. Um, and, but Granite Jack is, like you said, he's in his prime. So mm. he can... Switzerland. Yeah, so he, he he's in his prime. So I think it's a case of, you know, you've done well for us. We're going to give you what you want. And, you know, if his family wants to go back to Germany and he wants to raise his family, like, wants to raise his family back in Germany, then, you know, so be it. you got to give him his due. He's done well for us. Um, so, so be it. And I'll be, I'll be quite sad for Granit Xhaka to go. Uh, just, just my, that's just for me. Um, another player I want to talk about, Danny, is Emil yeah. Smith-Rowe. And I feel like, He's someone that divides opinion so, so much. Um, in right now, in your heart of hearts, if I was to put you on the spot right now, does he stay or does he go? Stay. No, no, no. Not what you want. What do you think is going to happen? Stay. You think Arteta he's can't stay? be that stupid. We're going through <laughs> the same scenario now as we were going through with Martinelli after Martinelli had that injury that put him out for the rest of the, I think it was the rest of the season. And then he was fit and he wasn't playing. And it turns out that um, that uh, Arteta had been taking him down to the laboratory un- underneath the Emirates and injecting him with spider venom. And then he was developing him as, as into a superhero with a, as quick as the Flash and as strong as the Hulk. And that's what that's what's going to happen with, uh, with Smith-Rowe. He is so adaptable. You would have to be off of your bloody trolley to, to have someone like Smith-Rowe who can play left wing, right wing, left midfield, left midfield. He can play in the 10. He could probably play as the false nine. He can play as the eight. Having someone who's an England international, he's only 22 years, he's 23 in July, pardon me, and to have all that ability. I mean, last season, 11 goals in 37 games or 10 in 33 in the Premier League. This season, 13 games, all competitions. His season has been ruined by injury. And so maybe Arteta's hopefully, what Arteta is doing is said to him, look, your season's over. What I'm going to do, I'm going to involve you in the first team. You're going to get a few run-out games just to check that your injury isn't going to come back. Because remember last time he came back, he was injured again. And I'm going to have you ready for for next season. And you're going to be a major part of this team. Because he could save Arsenal 60, 70 million quid because he can play. There was someone said there's a rumour that they're, that they're trying to um, train him to play in the Xhaka role. I don't think I could see him doing the Xhaka role. I don't think he'd want to do the Xhaka role. I think his ideal role, according to the shirt number on the back of his shirt, is is the uh, is the Bergkamp role, the Erdegaard role. That's what he wants. 
But Arteta is a genius. He is, he's turned players around, and that's what I'm hoping for. And that's what I think. I think he'll stay. There is too much that player offers to not keep. How about you? I really don't know. Because part of me says, can we upgrade Emil Smith-Rowe? But then part of me says, what does Emil Smith-Rowe do? Yeah, which is Smith-Rowe? Like you, you, you listed all these positions, and you're rightly so, Danny. You know, we've seen Emil Smith-Rowe play on the left wing. We see Emil Smith-Rowe play on the right wing. We've seen him play centre mid. We've seen him play number 10. Like we've seen him play all over the place. But I would like to see, if it, Emil Smith-Rowe does stay next season, I wanted him to be in a position where he excels at. I don't want him to see one minute he's on the left wing and then the next game he's in centre midfield and the next game he's on the right. Like, um, I want him to excel at a certain position. Whether he can do the Xhaka role, I don't think so. Because I don't yeah. think Emil Smith-Rowe has it in him to run back and be tackling and you've got be to up be there one minute. Yeah, you've got to be a bit more mobile than I think he is. Tattoos. Yeah, you got, I think you've got to be a bit more mobile. But... um. If I was to, if he's put a gun to my head and say, does Emil Smith-Rowe stay next season? I don't think he does. I don't think, I think Arteta does sell him. Villa. I think he does go to, yeah, Aston Villa, 35 mil. Like, I would take that. I, I, would I take, mm, I don't know. There, there's rumours that Gwendoza is going to Villa as well, isn't there? That would be, be hilarious. <laughs> um, <laughs> I don't know. If I'd take 35 mil for Emil Smith-Rowe, I'd, do that with a buyback clause. Yeah. I definitely would. And we get first refusal on anything. But how often like, does that ever really work in football? Hardly ever happens and hardly ever works. Um, yeah, I hear what you're saying. But like you said, I don't know if it's sentiment for me keeping him. I don't know if it's a case of... Um, we'll, we'll see. I... I would like Emil Smith. Like, if I could give Emil Smith a a loan to a Premier League club, I would love that. But someone like a Burnley, like a team that's just come up, who plays attractive football now, um, but I just don't see it happening. Like, I don't see someone like Emil Smith going out on loan anywhere. Like, if you if he's going to leave oh. Arsenal, he's going to leave. Um, he's going to leave for good. So that's where it's a little bit, yeah, a little bit weird. So that's this is him. a tough one. He offers so much, but then again, that's why other teams are going to want him. And he's so young as well. Yeah, I, I, and that's it. Um, you mentioned it earlier, Flo Balligan. Um, do you think he stays? Now, I'm just going to do this quickly. Do you think he stays? Do you think you integrate him to the club or do you take the, we're going to get an offer for him. Would you take the money? Uh, I would. I want him to stay, but I don't think he is going to stay because he is. He's now made his mind up about what country he's going to play for. It was announced the other day that he's going to be playing for the US of A. Yeehaw! And so uh, I've got a little picture here, which uh, I think is really good. We we, we did uh, wonder where he was going to go and play and 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 things like that. But he just with them hosting the World Cup, there was really no. I mean, look at that. He's looking away. Don't look at me. I'm too good for the likes of you. He's, uh, <laughs> that boy is going to be something special. That young man. Uh, I'd love to see him stay. 
it, he's gone. He's gone to a, a dog and pony show of a league. He's gone there and and he's done what needs to be done. He's scored goals. Some of them are penalties. He's dried up a little bit of late, but he is still a bloody good player and he has a future. How old is he? Um, does anybody 20? know? He's not old, is he? No, yeah, he's like nineteen twenty. All the way down for the loans. Where's the loan? Oh, for God's sake. Someone's gone mad on the Arsenal Wikipedia page. First assists, first goals, 100th appearances, oh, 150 appearances. Chill, chill your beans, son. You, you've you've had, you've had got yourself excited over nothing. Uh, where, where were you all these years before when Arsenal was shit? Where was all your Wikipedia stats then? No, I was having <laughs> to go and do it the old-fashioned way, you shitbag. Um, he's 21 years oh, old. His flag has now been changed to Wikipedia to American as well. Yep, 21. Oh, it's his 3rd of July is his birthday, day before the 4th of July. See, I do maths. <laughs> uh, yeah, so <laughs> brilliant. 19 goals in 34 La Liga games. And in, in real money, that's only like 10 goals in, in a normal league. But I'd love him to stay. How tall is he? 5 foot 10. So he's, he's not going to be the, the big man up front that we want. But he's better than Eddie. If we get rid of Jesus, which is never going to happen, and we get rid of Eddie, which is never going to happen, then I'd, I'd like someone like Vlahovic and him. I think that'd be the per- big man up front, having another little man running off him, coming on, causing trouble. That's what I'd like. But we know in, um, we, you know in life, Carl, we don't get what we want, do we? No, sadly not. No. Uh, controversial one, Ooh. Vieira. Yeah, I say bring you Z- back as caretaker manager. <laughs> the the one from Portugal. Ah, um, What do you think? So, as if as for my uh, keen football eye, if I'm Arteta in the summer, I'm saying to him, "Here is a protein shake. You will drink <laughs> this protein shake every single day." for the summer and you will start lifting weights. You will start lifting 20 kg first and then you'll start lifting 50. I want to see you put on muscle because, you know, he can be a good player, but I feel like he's just a, he's too slight. So he needs to put on a little bit of weight and he needs to put on muscle. Um, So hopefully in the summer, that's his job. His job is you are going to put on half a stone and you're going to lift weights. It's not going to be fat. It's going to be literal muscle. Like, need- do you, would you like to keep him at Arsenal? Like, not sell him because we're not going to sell him. We don't pay 40 uh, million for a player to sell yeah. after one season. But would you like to see him maybe get loaned out or do you think keep him at Arsenal? See, the problem with him is last season for Porto, 18 games attacking midfield, second striker 10, left midfield 4, central midfield 2, right winger 1. And in all those games, in just the the uh, Liga Noz, which is their top league, 27 games, 6 goals, 14 assists. Now, that is that is a magnificent ratio. It's something that is a league that is probably equivalent, maybe even better, to the French league. Two or three really big teams, and the rest of them are all Championship League 1 teams. And so it's easy to do that kind of stuff there. And we've seen all the Spanish teams, they all go and get the players that have had a couple of seasons in Portugal. I mean, like tonight, David Silva, didn't he, for, for Man City, didn't he spend time playing, isn't he Portuguese? Yeah. So maybe that's, that's no, what Spanish, he's going to turn. Spanish, isn't 
I don't know. I'm just making it up as I go along. So I like I like his the, the, the abilities, the, the positions that he can play in. I like the, the the his pass shows that he's got an eye for it. Um, it was one game this season. He was playing terrible. Then we made a substitution, pushed him out wide, left a little bit more, and he was pinging the ball all over the place. It was it was looking like peak Beckenbauer uh, for about five minutes. If that's what he can do, then that's really good. But Old uh, tea bag, as Stan calls him, needs to. You, you're not going to get away with skinny legs in this league. You're going to get kicked. Now, remember in I think it was in Kickboxer when um, Van Dam wrapped those things around his, his wrists and got the, the sticky stuff on them and they was putting them in glass. And then he was yes. he was he was uh, leg kicking. Uh, go and find Joe Rogan. Go and find Joe Rogan's uh, weight bag and the videos of him on YouTube where he's pounding that that, that weight bag with, with his leg, booting it really hard. He needs to go and go and live with Joe Rogan. Get yourself on some CBD, some edibles, and uh, go and spend some time with Joey Diaz. Stay off the white stuff. And then come back in a year's time and he will be built like Haaland, I guarantee you. Yeah, I feel like he needs to... Um, he definitely needs to put on some weight and he needs some to. muscle. But, but didn't to... we say that about Saka and ESR and Martinelli? No, I don't think we because their role is different. Like when you're winger, when you're a winger, no, you I mean, want to be picking up. Stuff. Yeah, but Saka has like don't yeah, think no, Saka yeah. is strong. Like he he's really strong and he looks little, but he he's not at all. Like no, even I mean, when Eddie, they first started playing, didn't we say the same thing about them? They need to bulk up. They need to man yeah. up, and and they've all done it. Yeah, so maybe just um, needs time. Yeah, there's that, and hopefully he does do it. I, I personally would keep my Arsenal, but I yeah. would put them on a very strict summer regime. This, and I would say, I want you to come back at this weight, and I need to put on this muscle. I'd put him with a, um, a fitness guru like where, where you go, put him with somebody, a trainer, a PT, and say, I want him to be this for the summer, and hopefully he does. Um. The last person I want to talk about before we start uh, doing listener questions is Kieran Tierney. Um, obviously, so we've got a, a left back who plays inverted, and you know he who almost makes us play three in midfield. Now, obviously, um, Zinchenko. What Zinchenko lacks in defensive ability, and let's not be honest let's be honest with ourselves he does lack in defensive ability he more than makes up for in you know coming into midfield is there do you think there's a player out there and I'm not going to ask you to name names because we probably don't know who who is half Sinchenko half Kieran Tierney who can defend but also come into midfield because I think if there's one thing that Zinchenko lacks is how to defend but then the way we play now Kieran Tierney's game does not suit it at all. So, firstly, I'll ask you the same question. Do you think he stays um, next season or do you think he gets sold? He doesn't. He's not going to get loaned, so it's kind of either sold or uh, does he stay? Um, Fernando Silva is actually Portuguese. Oh, I thought you said David Silva. I did, but that's not the point. Um, <laughs> David Silva hasn't scored two goals tonight. David, whatever he's Gilbert O'Silva, whoever he is, um, he is too good not to be a starting left back for anyone in the Premier League outside of 
uh, he's not better than the Man City. Well, the Man City just loaned their one out, wasn't it? Um, Kaiseet, no. Um, Cancelo. Cancelo. Went Who we've him. been linked with, by the way, but we're talking yeah. about that on another podcast. I would say that Tierney is good enough to be the starting left-back for at least 17 of the 20 Premier League sides as a proper left-back. Um, but if I was him, I wouldn't stay because Arteta has made it clear he's not his man. You're only going to play when, when we're not playing uh, Zinchenko. And so, yeah, um, I'd want him to stay. I'd love him to stay, but he's not going to stay. He's worth too much money. He's a £40 million sale that would help go towards some other chicken-led Portuguese bloke who, who can't take a kick. Yeah, I, I, I agree with you. I don't think he stays this season. I think he does leave. Um, it'd be sad because I think Kiratini has been brilliant for us. You know, he's been injury-ravaged. Like his Arsenal career has just been full of injury, but when he's but played all been for different us, injuries though, which is the important thing. Yeah, his, his shoulder that he hurt at Celtic, then his other shoulder, and then I think it was his his ankle he or something. Thigh, ankle, he's done all sorts. Um, hmm. um, I, I am, I'd be sad to let him go, but I yeah. think he does, and I think he'll bring in at least 30 to 40 million because someone like a Newcastle will bid for him. And, you know, if Kim Tierney's worth, he's worth 40 million because I think he's a, he's a very good player. And if that can go towards obviously helping improve the squad, then so be it. Like, I think, we, I don't think there's any room for sentiment in football. And that's why it makes me think that, uh, that ESR will leave. Because although, you know, he's a hailing boy, we want him to stay, one of our own, all of that. I think if Arteta thinks that he's not going to improve the squad in any way, Arteta is ruthless and he'll just let him go. You know, whereas fans, we want, you know, these players to to stay because we love them. I think Arteta is going to be thinking, we're now in the Champions League. Mm. And if these players can't hack it in, you know, he's going to want um, Emil Smith-Rowe to play 20, 30 games. And if he can't stay fit, he's going to sell you and get someone who can stay fit. I mean, there's no guarantee of anyone staying fit, but, you know, there's so many injury problems that he's had. After a while, as a manager, you're going to get sick of it. Um, so even like an upgrade on Rob Holding, does Rob Holding stay? Do you, you know, is Rob Holding good enough to play in the Champions League? Of course he is. England international. So? Well, <laughs> um, we are not going to go all next season without needing someone. I mean, at the moment, he knows it's it's, uh, it's Saliba and Gabriel, and then it's going to be Tommy Asu, then it's going to be Ben White, then it's going to be Kivior. So at the moment, he's sixth choice centre-back, which is even someone like him. He's only, what, he's 31, something like that, although he's been at Arsenal for nearly 20 years now. He's, he's still only 31-ish. And so is he going to want to stay at Arsenal, when you know when you know you're going to be fifth choice, the fifth choice, sixth choice should be someone like Kivio or someone coming through the ranks. It shouldn't be one of the most experienced pros at the club who's been at the club for so long. And this might be at the moment Arsenal. Every player who's played for Arsenal, their stock is quite high, and now might be the ideal time for him to go to somewhere and and do well. But then again, Chambers did the same thing, didn't he? Went to Aston Villa. I, I've I've not heard mm-hmm. of him. I don't even know if he's actually he's ever played for Aston Villa. Yeah, so you, you've got to be careful when you, when you make these moves. Is it going to be the best move for you? I've only I completely forgot about Chambers. Where is he? I'll tell you how many games that he's played. Chambers is still only 28, and he has played this season for Aston Villa 14 times. 
and then three times in the cups. Now, that's not the kind of move you'd expect is someone like Callum Chambers, who's got three England caps, although it was nine years ago. Bloody hell. Rob Holden's only 27, by the way. He's about 40. <laughs> He's only 27. So, you know, I you I like him to him. stay, but for his career... It's not good because you're not going to get yeah, a big game. Yeah, I agree. I think I think he needs to. You'll, you'll be putting the bins out. But saying that, um, Saliba. I mean, I think we spoke to Simon today, and Simon was saying that um, Arsenal are in talks to sign Saliba. Uh, well, I can't tell you which Simon. Simon. No, and it's definitely not the one that works for Evening Standard. No, uh, no, nothing. Not him. But um, they're in talks to extend Saliba's contract. Now, I. I think I, me and Femi were speaking about this. And if he doesn't sign the contract, like if by, I don't know, August, even July, there's no signs of him signing the contract. Surely you've got to sell him to cash in on him because there's no way we can have Saliba leaving for free at the end of this season. He's one of our high stock players. Oh, one of the highest is... He is so a Rolls Royce of a player. It's the only so surely, thing Carpenter's ever got right, too. Yeah, this is this is actually right. Um, so surely, if um, if you're in talks with him, and by June, July, his representative was saying, "No, we're not interested." You've got to be like, okay, you've got to go because we can't, we cannot have you walking away for free. No way can we that happen. Even if we get. 20, 30 mil for him, something along them lines. We, it's just, I don't know. I just don't feel like, and I know a lot of people saying, oh, we keep him and we can maybe um, get him to sign throughout the season. We can't take that chance because, it, you know, there'll be players, there'll be teams literally lining up for him uh, come January. His and it could be 55 million. Yeah, we, we got to say, yeah, I, I, I don't want, and I don't want him to go. I do not, want him to go in nope. the slightest but he's, he's the most he... important one of the top three most important players at the club along with Erdegaard and Saka for me yeah he, he's he's got to go like he's he's got to because for me we can't risk him walking away for free now I want him to stay I really do because he's brilliant but you know we've got to kind of cut our losses at a certain point because we're not like Arsenal no more we can't just let people just walk away for I'm no reason Liverpool. Letting Firmino, Fat Man, um, what's his name? I don't remember. And um, the Ox and N- Nabi Keita. That's that's about 150 million pounds worth of players they've bought that are leaving on a free in this summer. I mean, wow. If you look at the Firmino, I think he's done well at Liverpool. He scores some good goals. He oh, always yeah. scores against Arsenal. So thank God he's leaving because he always scores <laughs> against Arsenal. So thank but God if we get Jota to leave as well, we'd be well away. <laughs> yeah. Um, James Milner leaving. James Milner's, what, 37? Like, come on, now. so I can get that now. <laughs> he's leaving. So he's been a, he's been a really good professional. I've always liked James oh, yeah. Milner. Like, he's been a, an excellent professional footballer. Like, you never really hear anything bad about him. So, you know, um, if he's going to retire, like, happy retirement, James Milner. Oh, he's going to Southampton. No. Oh, is he? He's going to Brighton. Yes. No, he is. Seriously. Bloody People in the chat, have you heard that? That uh, Fatty Milner is off to Brighton. Bloody hell. Um, Oxley Chamberlain to Liverpool has been an absolute disaster of a transfer. And I'm talking about from all aspects. Like, do you remember when... <laughs> do 
you remember when he when he's gonna sell him to Liverpool and he played against Liverpool like two days before uh the transfer and he had an absolute shocker of a game like and that was I think one of Arsene Wenger's biggest mistakes as an Arsenal manager and playing him in that game when you knew he was leaving the yeah. deal was already sorted you he probably already signed at that point and you let him and you played him in that game now that was atrocious by Arsene Wenger and I think that was if not one of his biggest regrets definitely up there that was shocking and um but he's never stayed fit for Liverpool like I know he's won some medals he's got some Champions Leagues and things like that but he has absolutely not stayed fit for Liverpool so that was 40 million that we got for him and what's he done like can you ever think of an outstanding game that he's had for Liverpool when you thought oh my god yeah he's worth every bit of that 40 million now that 40 million then is kind of something like 60 to 70 million now. We absolutely robbed Liverpool, but you know what? All be all good. Someone's even removed him from the uh the Liverpool website for all their I mean from the Wikipedia Liverpool for for their players so far this season. He's um he's only he's twenty he's thirty in August and he has played for so for in his time at Arsenal he played 200, 198 games in one, two, three, four, five, and six seasons. And in the same six seasons for Liverpool, he's played 146. I reckon 145 of those are a sub. So 100%. He, didn't, he wasn't a starter. <laughs> Nine games this season in the league, 17 before, 13, 32. His first season, he played 32 in the league and 42 all thing. But yeah, that's uh, he's going to go back to Southampton with Walcott. Because didn't he didn't he want to play centre midfield? That was what he really wanted, didn't it? And I think that was his dad because his dad was uh, Alec Chamberlain, a really decent player back in the day for um, might have been Brighton. I'm not quite sure. One of the South Coast teams, maybe that, maybe Portsmouth. And his dad said that his ideal position would be in the Urzel position, which is one of the reasons why he wanted to leave because he was never going to get that job, that position. And then uh, then then goes to Liverpool. But they'd have, I mean. It says on here that in his time with Liverpool, he's won the league, the League Cup, the Champions League, Champions League runners-up, the World UEFA Super Cup, and the World Super Cup. So yeah, you know, but in that time, of I mean, you're right. But you know, game-wise, what did he actually do? Um, probably not got much injured at all. A lot. Oh, he got married yeah. to one of those, those, one of those, the blonde bird with the, the shaky ass, whatever that group that was. I have no idea who, like, but you know what? I don't care. He's not an Arsenal player. Um, no. Good luck to him, know, though. Yeah. Always liked yeah. him. But he was another one who suffered like um, Smith Rowe. So adaptable. He could play in any of those front positions, which made it harder for him. Yeah. So, sadly, yes. Right, Danny. Uh, yes. That is everything we're going to talk about uh, today. So, do we want to run through some questions? Sai says, what is Arteta's plan B formation or, or gameplay-wise? His plan A is immaculate. 25 wins, 6 draws in 36 games is great, but we need an alternative for the 5 losses because we are fighting against corruption. Sai spitting truths there. I feel like sometimes he needs to go with two up front. I would love to see um, Jesus and Nketiah up front, but it's always one or the other. Sometimes you just got to throw caution to the wind and just be like, you know, just push them both up front. 
Like, could you imagine Nketiah and Jesus like running off Martin Odegaard's balls and things like that? Like, it'd be brilliant. But I feel like we do need a plan B. But the plan B for me is got to be a taller striker, so he can start hitting the balls up to them, so he can hold it up and then get like Saka, Martinelli, Odegaard running off him. So that for me would be Arteta's plan B. Okay, okay. I'm busy pissing around with the uh, the banners there. Um, Foot Gaming, who is never knowingly happy. Carl and Danny, that's you and me. How many excuses for this manager? He's been here for three years. We need better. Do we give Foot that an answer or do we just put it in the bin? being stupid. Like Arteta is a great manager. He is. He's going to get better. He's, he's won the baby. FA Cup. Let, give him time to cook. Not everyone hits the, the ground running. Like it doesn't happen like that. Look at Eric. How many Ten managers have, have played football and never won an FA Cup or a, a charity shield or anything like that? Yeah, like you've got to give him time to cook. Like you can't be like Chelsea, just like, oh, this person hasn't won, let's just fire him. Oh, he hasn't won this, he hasn't won there, let's just fire him. They've like got Chelsea, nearly as many ex managers on the payroll as they have first team players. <laughs> like it's just ridiculous. You think Chelsea paid like something stupid, like 20 million. To get Graham Potter out of Brighton, and they got rid of him within six months. That is that's atrocious business, like really, really bad business. And then you put Fat Frank in charge, who I think the members of ABW could have won more games than flipping um, Frank Lampard's one, and I genuinely mean that. He was um, only there for the free salad bar, <laughs> not salad, not trust, trust me. <laughs> but, um, yeah, what's underneath that lettuce, Mr. Lampard? Is it cake? Mm. <laughs> you so, bad yeah, boy. I, I, I just don't think um, we need to get rid of Arteta. Like he's got us back into the Champions League where we wanted. Why would you want to get rid of him? Come on now, let's be serious. Sometimes he's only going to get better. Boy Ten says no one remembers Klopp at Mainz. Yes, I do. He was a centre back. He smoked. He had terrible teeth. And he was very tall, and they were in the second tier of German football, and he was manager of them for a while. So there you go, boy, 10. Oh, I've got a burp coming. He's going to make another point, though. He says, very easy for Pep to get carried away by a genius Barcelona side. What is going to cap? Who? What is going to coach Xavi, Iniesta, Busquets, Messi, Puyol, PK, and the like on? What so is basically, he he's, basically he's, he's trying to say, like, um, if you've got all those players... yeah. Is easy to coach. Yeah, you're right. It is. He's absolutely very easy to coach if you had all those players. But you have to make it work. You have to make it gel. Like you look at um, all those players that are Chelsea right now. Chelsea haven't got shit players because those players are very good. But you need to be able to get them to gel. And Frank couldn't do it. Potter couldn't do it. So, you know, it's... um, it's a job. You know, if management was easy, we'd all be managers. Um, but sadly, we're not. And we're just football managers. Although I just won the league with um, Millwall, by the way. Just anyone wants to know. There is a uh, nose has come up with Carpenter would have won more games than Lampard. Carpenter out. Yes. There is a save at the moment. Um, Illusio on, he can't even say his own name. There is a, someone's made a save of Man City where they have been relegated to the conference and they are... 1.5 billion in debt and had all their non-homegrown players taken off of them. And he's at, currently Good. doing that illusio on, on the YouTubing. So someone's made the fucking hell. That should have been 3-0. Real Madrid of shit. At last, it's taken long enough. Right, we've got one more question and then Carl's going to wrap it up. Would you sell Tommy? 
from Avon, not Teddington. When I saw Tommy Yasu, no. Tommy Yasu, for me, needs... I mean, there's reports now that he's not going to be back until... Um, of a long while, isn't he? And I saw another report that he's going to be playing in the Asian Cup, which I really fucking hope he doesn't. I feel like... Do you remember when we had um, Sanchez and he never had a summer off? I was at like for four years in a row, wasn't yeah, it? Because I feel they like... changed the regular how often because it used to be they'd had the where 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 we have World Cup nothing, European Championships nothing, World Cup nothing. They brought back the the, the South American Championship thing, yeah, and they did it. They did it like three years in a row or three times in Some four ex- years, something stupid <laughs> like that. And like, so I feel that's what Tommy Yasu... between games. <laughs> I feel that's what Tommy Yasu needs. Tommy Yasu needs a summer off, a summer to do absolutely nothing, to get fit. But clearly he's not, because he played... I mean, yes, he had last summer off, but then he played the World Cup, and he's playing with a little bit of injury. He's come back, got injured, and now going to play the Asia Cup. But I his injury, feel... he just fell over, didn't he? he I think he over overstretched during a tackle, and that twisted something. I don't think he's... Yeah. Hmm, I don't know. Yeah, I just... So, I know I wouldn't sell him... Because he, we need another right back, and he is that guy. And I think if you get him fit, you'll see the Tommy Asu that was there when we first got him. Do you remember when he first came in? Everyone was like, "Who's this Tommy Asu guy?" He came in, everyone was like, "Fucking hell, he's brilliant! He's absolutely." For a period of time, he was the best right back in the league. Barn, yeah, that was only about, was... about an hour though, and <laughs> he got injured. <laughs> no, he was good. But if we can get him fit, I think that will definitely yeah, um definitely it, keep him. We'll, we'll see the best out of him. So yeah, I I'd keep him uh, completely. Um super Where's Jace when you need him? Shut up, you bastards. Why can't I get excited for our mighty Arsenal coming to the US? My theory is to save my money and come see them at the Emirates. Talking about that, we have uh, an, an ex fat yank. Currently, in either, if anyone hasn't seen on Twitter, Mike is in the country, and he is—he's uh, got a flat at Highbury, which he is renting out. It's Guna Properties. Um, as a consortium have bought a flat. He's there at the moment with with, with the, the wonderful Jake. And oh, fuck me, three nil. Jesus Christ, Man City are. Yeah, Madrid are dead. Oh, Inter Milan are going to get absolutely smashed oh, in the final. Yeah, God, they're, they're my boys, and they're rubbish. Um. Yeah, so Mike's back in the countries, and uh, I don't know if he's excited for it. Um, and final question from Russ Morgan. Um, it says, would you sell party? I fucking would. In a heart. I'll give it to you, Danny. Would you? You'd give it to him? He is done. He His attitude is wrong. I don't like the, the case, which is hovering above his head. I don't like anything about him. We have seen him go from... Oh my God, Party is the player that we have wanted, the nine out of 10 game after game, to giving the ball away in midfield and just standing there and watching someone run off of it in the space of a few months. And someone made a really good point on the, the post game show I did with Deke last week. They said he has not been the same since he went away for international duty and we had to send the physio with him, physio in quote marks, yeah. physio with him to keep him fit, keep an eye on him. Uh, he's not been the same, Carl. What about you? Yeah, I agree. Since he's come back from the um, AFCON, he's not been the same. Um, he's such a high earner as well. He's one of the highest. And the problem is, 
like, and I think we'll talk about this in another show. So I want to, on the next show, maybe we should start talking about like people yeah. like Pepe and things like that. We'll do a standalone um, show on In and Out. Sophie and Tom yeah. did it. So let's copy what they did. Yeah, we'll do that next time. But I would sell him, but the problem is who buys him and on his wages as well. No, but he's not going to leave for less wages and no one's going to pay him the wages that he's on. So well, maybe we work out a deal where unfortunately, we have 10 million and then they can afford more wages because uh, there's something's not yeah, right uh, with him. His body language in the last couple of games is just all kinds of wrong. No, he's been a bit like a slapdash. And I think if you sell him, like, if, I don't want to probably clear out. Um, then I think you do definitely yeah. sell Thomas Partey. Um, you know, he's 29 years old. God, but I don't want. Feet. But the problem is, I don't want to get rid of all our experience. Like, I don't want yeah. to sell him a number one by a twenty-one-year-old. Like, if we're gonna sell, if we're gonna sell Thomas Partey, I want to bring in a twenty-seven, twenty-eight-year-old, and even give them like a three-year contract. I know we've Jacker, got like, um, yeah, that's, that's why we I, know, keep I know we've got Jorginho there at the moment. Keep him but, as well. um, He's got another year, but I would, if we, yeah, if we do sell. Right, party. I would definitely want a twenty-five plus year old um, to to come in. I don't want like a, a, a child to come in that centre midfield because we do need experience. I feel like um, we do need someone, you know, who's done it, been there, won the league. You know, I mean, it's talks of Gundogan, uh, Gundogan, sorry, coming in. But again, we'll talk about that on another show. Mm. Um, right, Daniel. Uh, it's only been you and I, Danny, and I think this is the best show ever. Uh, ever. Like, so hashtag fuck Ellis, fuck Josh, um, <laughs> fuck Chris, John, no, Femi, no, fuck hashtag fuck Femi, rich bastard. Um, <laughs> he's just bought a new house and he's talking about his sound systems that he wants to put in. He wants a home cinema. He wants to put diamonds in his swimming pool. He's going to hire um, himself a man Friday, so he's getting Chris. Yes, um, just to run around uh, his estate because it's not he's not yeah. a house. He's got an estate, um, so and it's not a Mondeo. No, definitely not. Uh, so yes, all of them. Um, but we will be back. We have Nottingham Forest this week, don't we? I believe we certainly do. I am doing a podcast with Tom, Tom Canton from the Guna Talk, ex of this parish. It's going to be a one on one with me and him tomorrow, along the lines of the ones that I did with Stan and Sophie. And then on Friday, I've got a preview show. If anyone can be bothered to tell Waffles, are you there? Waffles preview show Friday, you pick the time. Uh, Saturday post game show, me and Deke is going to be about seven o'clock, I think. Deke will have had a few shandies, but he's not getting too drunk because if he is, I won't let him on. And then uh, Tuesday next week, I've got Harry Simu from the Chronicles of Aguna coming on for a one on one. And if you get any ideas for shows, Carl, you do them, you, you, you run with it. I shall, because this summer, there's no football this summer at all, is there? Yeah. Well, apart from the Asia Cup, I believe. So, ABW will have some ideas this summer. We'll obviously do transfer talk when we sign a player and someone goes. We'll probably try and bring back ABW after dark, maybe. Um, but, yeah, we'll have some shows over the summer. We'll let you know what they are. 
Right, everyone, thank you for joining us. Uh, this has been Ellen Burke at Wonder and Arsenal podcast. Please give us a like on whatever platform you are listening on, whether it be YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcasts. Give us a little tickle. Thumbs up in the chat, please. You know it helps us. We love that completely. Um, this season, we're not going to win a title. But Probably. Still mathematically, it's still mathematically on. Mathematically, it is definitely on. Realistically, no, because Man City have got to play Chelsea, and as you can see, what they've done to Real Madrid 81 minutes and they're winning 3 0. Uh, walking it. What do you think they're going to do to Chelsea? So, sadly, that's it. Anyway, uh, thanks everyone for listening. ABW, this has been a Burkup Wonderland and Arsenal podcast saying thank you for listening. Tune in next, or tune in with Danny to do all these shows, and we'll be back with a proper podcast next week. As soon as I scored that goal, I was fucking livid. Get down, dog. Splendid business. He nearly caught the bloody thing. What are you talking about? So I've just eaten a full quiche. Well, you don't often see him at him. So when you see him in the supermarket, they need to be swagged, microwaved immediately, and get the brown sauce on and bosh, Bob's your uncle. Never in doubt. <laughs>